hate your black skin. I hate your black pants. I hate black pepper. I hate black keys on the piano. I hate my gums, cause they black. I hate Whoopi Goldberg's lips. I hate the back of Forrest Whitaker's neck. <laughs> and most of all, I hate that black ass Wesley Snipes. Hello, listening people. Hello. Hello, Bartek. How are you doing? Good, Rian. How? Whoa. Whoa. I made a mistake. I gotta really check myself before I really wreck myself again. Oh, Bartek got wrecked, as the children of 2009 would say to you. You got wrecked. Spelled R E K T. Uh, as was the lingo at oh, yeah, the time. Was, mm-hmm. I remember. I, I was, remember too. I was there. I was 16. <laughs> so we are spitting Polish presents likingly because we are always spitting and we both happen to be Polish. And on this podcast known as Pictures Pow Wow, we sit down and talk about a movie that has come recommended. And we have a cycle of recommendations. That's right. There is a method to the madness here on the podcast, where we go, Bartek recommends a movie one week, the week after that, it is I that recommends it, and then, is that it? Is it just us two that recommends movies, Bartek? Yeah, you listed two names, and there were three in the cycle, so I think that adds up. Yeah, the third is God. God's choice. Maybe you should just check it before we, you know, end up wrecking it of some variety. All right, all right, I'll check it. Let me get up the phone's information. Doesn't don't the listening people do something at some point? They listen. They listen. That's right. While being people about it all. There was nothing else though that they do. Oh, they recommend a film too, and we put it in our ever-growing list of movies. And if you do want to add to that list all you have to do is message us over on our social medias or whatever comment section you can do so on when you are listening to the show we have a youtube page but we also have an email address if you want to hit us up directly what's what's the email again bartek we're doing the episode backwards the email is spit and polished at gmail.com. Thank you so much for being kind to one another. Uh, that's the end of our discussion here today. I hope you really enjoyed us finally getting to break down the Paul Giamatti film sideways, the one that's eluded us all of these years. <laughs> it's been great hosting the podcast for 20 I years. I mean, we, we were... T- and uh, <laughs> we, we, we love were... you all, but my kids are dying now and I need to bury them. Bye! We've done, we've done like four Paul Giamatti things in the year. We were talking about someone who really has eluded us since the beginning before the recording, so we'll see if we ever get around to that person. Do you want to say who they were? Oh, I think it'd be more fun if we just wait. (laughs) Okay, Bartek's recommending the next movie, so he'll lock that person in. (laughs) So today we are doing a film that was recommended to us by one of our favourite YouTube uh, commenters. Yeah, we've done a few from this man. Bartek has often chatted to them because anime fans, weebs, know how to gather together and gaggle. We've had long conversations so in the comments who, that are publicly who visible. recommended the film and what one are we covering today? Our good buddy in the comments, Dr. Rashes, has recommended another film. We've done quite a number so far. I um, don't know what the doctorate is in their doctorate are you Again, a medical it, doctor it's, it's always doctor it's always a big an it's always a big thing with us of like being unsure how to pronounce it like maybe it's dr <laughs> <A> delicious <laughs> 
No, we keep saying doctor and I've had no correction. <laughs> and he's never acknowledged it. Or she. Acknowledge it, doctor, or else I'm going to revoke your license. They're listening and like, who is this doctor they keep talking about? <laughs> Weird, because I also recommended the movie that they're talking about today. So what is the film? The m- film is called Don't Be a Menace to th- South Central While Drinking Your Juice in the Hood. <laughs> You, you lost the thread. You first wanted to say film and movie at the same yeah, time. Yeah, I did. And then you tried to recover, but then Menace to South really got you in that sentence. You were just you know what? it there. We, we were talking before about how this film's title is difficult, and I, I kept saying, like, oh, it's fine. But really, it's that beginning bit where I'm like, oh, what's the little words? Like, don't mm. be a menace to or in or something. Yeah, I got that too. So we are doing the Wayans Brothers comedy film from the mid-90s. 96. Don't be a menace to South Central while drinking your juice in the hood. Yeah, I got it. I always forget the your part, like just drinking juice in the hood, but it's Mm. your juice specifically. The juice. If you have not seen this film before, we recommend that you do. We will get into it in detail, but to give a quick overview and summary, this is a satirical film. It's a bit of a spoof on the gangster films of this time. Growing up in the hood films. The social commentary films about African Americans. Think Spike Lee movies are being riffed on here, as well as a a few others. But it is the Waynes brothers doing the thing that they do best, which is be absurdist, over-the-top, gross, and boil all of the tropes and cliches and themes that often happen in a certain genre boil them down to their essence and poke fun at how similar all of these things are. That's why the Scary Movie franchise has gone on for so long and has been so successful, because the the first one or two Scary Movies did this pitch perfect. They, they got the, the horror movie genre at that time down to a fine art and was just critiquing it. And this is doing that for a very specific brand of movies that were prevalent during the 90s. Mm. Ones that you don't get often nowadays. So what I really appreciate about satires and spoofs of certain um, trends in movies, say, uh, when you get to revisit them, it, it brings this interesting little window of time to me. So I did not watch a lot of the movies that they're satirizing in this no, film, yeah. but I am aware of them through just cultural osmosis or Same, word yeah. of mouth or just some of the people that are from them have gone on to do bigger and better things or they've gone on to do things that have evolved from that. So uh, very thrilling to see these guys come in at the height of it all and poke fun at it. So that's the general vibe here. So go check it for yourself because we're going to get into details. But there's no real plot to spoil. It's gags mainly. This is a yeah. movie strung together by set pieces and gags and running bits. It's it's very much like a multiple laugh a minute sort of affair. So I have I have not seen this before, but I am aware of it. I know the title. I've seen the poster before. I grew up with uh, some of the comedy stylings from this comedic titan of a family, whether it is from the scary movies or my wife and kids. Like the Waynes brothers have been around the block for a very long time doing what they're doing here. Did they make Major Pain or were they just kind of... They were just involved, involved. I'm pretty sure. So 
we've we've even done some material involving this family on the podcast before, and I have always, you know, been enjoy enjoyed them. I've never loved anything of theirs directly, uh, obsessively. I'm like, oh yeah, you know, you're you, you're guaranteed for dumb fun and or the opposite which is it's going to be grueling and miserable because of how lazy their comedy gets over the years and uh you can if you're not a fan of theirs now you look back at this film and you can see like oh this element is just going to get bigger as it goes along in their career or this type of joke or this type of mentality is going to take over far more in future projects that they do and so i also found this film to be an interesting window back in time to the creative team who made it and to uh put it up against what they do now and there there are their reputation now, because I, I I don't think it's unfair to say that uh, like Marlon Wayans and 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 Sean and the rest of them are kind of lumped in with say Adam Sandler nowadays or the Happy Gilmore crew nowadays, where or Happy Madison I should say crew, where it's like oh they make movies quickly and schlockily, it's cash grabby, it's just a bunch of people on a holiday having fun or just doing dumb shit, and it's not really good, but Who's it for? Well, it makes money, so it must be for somebody. And both the Waynes and and Adam Sandler eventually weren't allowed to make theatrical movies anymore and got Netflix contracts. So that's an interesting little thing there. But that's my uh, overview, or like that's my overall relationship to the film. I'm aware of it, but I haven't really sat down to watch it until now. What about you? Uh, I hadn't heard of it, so when Dr. Rochesse made that comment uh, and said the title, it was, you know, an immediate laugh right there, like, what is this film? Um, so And finding out that, oh, yeah, this is a real film and it has, you know, real people in it, kind of put that down into reality. Um, so I didn't know much about it. Uh, I looked up the synopsis and that it was a parody of, you know, growing up in the hood movies. I haven't seen too much from the genre, but much like what you were saying, it's it's prevalent in pop culture, that whole concept. Um, so, you know, I've, I guess from the podcast, we've done the latter two Friday films. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I've played San Andreas. I used to listen to some rap music when I was younger. You're aware um, of Spike Lee's aware, filmography. Somewhat aware of Spike Lee's filmography, yeah. Um, uh, I've seen the, uh, what's it called? Uh, the Louis Theroux uh, gangster rap documentary mm-hmm. where he talks to... Um, people who were in this situation and they were teaching him what it means to keep it real and things like that. Yes. Um, so, yeah, it, I kind of knew what I was getting into. And, yeah, watching the film, it, it kind of was that. And like what you were saying before about how, um, you know, this film doesn't really have a story, that kind of, yeah, is the point of the film where it's 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 got a very straightforward narrative, but it's just in service of the gag. So, like, in the climax when uh, the love interest is getting shot at and the main character runs away. runs away. You know, that's not like an old character betrayal. I can't believe Ashtray did this. <laughs> it, it's just like, okay, that's just one of the one of the gags of the film. One of the funny laugh out loud things of, of the movie. So I, I had um, a bit of a mixed bag experience with this in terms of the longer it went on for, the more I didn't care 
for it. I really enjoyed the first half hour or so of this. It had a lot of funny uh, jokes in there, and they were poking holes in the way that films manipulate you. The mother who's concerned for her son, and yet she's not actually going to be a character in her own right. She's just there to be a moral pillar for the viewer to hang on to and use to look at the main character's descent and say, look how far you've gone. But even within that scene, that was probably my favorite scene, uh, they had this gag where there's just autumn leaves constantly falling, (laughs) but it's clearly people just fucking dropping leaves. And one gets on his shirt as he hugs her, and she, like, starts choking on it and spitting at it, like... (laughs) And that is exactly how a lot of those movies work, where it's like, oh, the weather in the background and the foliage and, and the contrast of worlds, and it's just so over the top but with a gag like that it was not too in your face until it needed to be it was constant during that scene but it kept ramping up just ever so slightly till that eventual punchline and i i liked that type of humor and i felt that the first half of this really lived in those type of jokes where you get the opening where a character is narrate like talking to you and then he gets killed and another character takes his place and then he gets killed and like, then yeah, the mother the comes a mother comes over and cries about it. it's like that's not your baby it's like oh, oh shit it isn't and then moves on and it had a certain um manic energy to it that reminded me very much of something like airplane or or you know the the, the what are those brothers called the like um the ones who do like Kentucky Fried movie and oh the, the Zucker the Zucker the Z- Zucker Selt no yeah no yeah. Seltzer's a part of it but uh, the Zucker brothers yeah th- th- how they do their gags with this kind of very uh, very raw energy mm. that you just can't help but feel the yeah, compulsion I, to laugh at how stupid it is. Yeah, I, I actually appreciated when I when it was shown that this is the type of like comedy film that we were seeing because when I read that it was like oh you know it's a parody of these types of films, I was more thinking of parody films in a more like modern variety where they're like very deconstructive. So maybe even something like you know we did enough said a couple of months ago where that's mm. not really a you know comedy parody film like that, but it is you know point. Uh, playing around with the conventions of mm. romantic comedies, whereas this one is more like, yeah, Airplane, Kentucky Fried Movie, Naked Gun, um, and even, yeah, Scary Movie, uh, where it is, like, very absurdist gags that just come out and happen, and, yeah, it was a pleasant surprise to see this kind of old-school-type parody spoof. Uh, yeah, and as it went along, there was just some types of humour and acting that I found to be too indulgent. This is the thing that makes them laugh, but I'm not mm. really laughing, and Marlon Wayans is uh, annoying in the movie, and I don't mean his character, I just mean how he performs his character he is so cartoonish, and I don't feel like he's jiving well with how anyone else is playing this, and it does come across as just, well, it's my movie, I can do whatever the fuck I want, I can have the absurd hair, and I can always be jutting out my jaw like this, and 
I know that there's reasons you can make for it, and sometimes in these, uh, you know, these hood movies, there are those uh, crazy characters. But I just found him to be too grating on the. I'm looking at the actor amuse themselves and do the things they like to do personally rather than aid the materials. Yeah, he he was much more high energy and like trigger happyish kind of characterization. Yeah, so I I found him grating and the more we get into it the more the humor kind of had that tinge to it and they just went too easy easy laughs but all cheap ones like just uh I feel like the last 20 minutes they're like oh, let's just do gross gags. That's it. We'll just do gross ones now, like the sex scene. <laughs> and, you know, just eat uh, toes are gross. And eat jet- and it was just like, okay, now it's just gross gags all the time. And that's very much like what happens in the scary movie franchise, where it's like the second film ran out of the clever gags, and now and now it's just like, oh, let's, just do, let's just do gross ones, like well, there yucky was, gags. There were there some go. in this one. I don't feel like there were too many. It's... Uh, yeah, I, just uh, something about it is like near the end, it felt like a valve was opened, and it's like here's all the yeah, gross no. shit for you. I'm not the biggest fan of gross out stuff, but yeah, there were. Only, I felt like there were only a couple ones here that I was like, all right. So, what did you think of the movie overall? I yeah, I thought it was okay. I got laughs here and there out of it. I feel like if it can make me laugh a handful of times, that's you know, but that's kind of what this film's good for. It feels like something that I would watch or put on in the background, like hanging out with my stepbrother. You know, we'll watch it occasionally. Something funny will happen. It's like, oh, that's a good one. Um, I yeah, it's not you know amazing or anything like that, but I had a decentish time. What were the moments that got a chuckle out of you? A couple. Um, well, funny enough, one of the ones with Damon Wayans uh, that got me was uh, they were at the party and he was like, I bet you I can get that girl's number. And I was like, oh, okay, it's going to be one of these. And oh, then... with Marlon Wayans? Marlon Wayans, sorry. Yeah, my Damon's mistake. the one that's not in this. That's right, that's right. Uh, Marlon Wayans, he was the cousin uh, Mm. Locke, Loke, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> they were gags about how to pronounce his name when he was trying to get a job. Yeah, the the white man yeah. couldn't say it right. Um, yeah, I I'll bet you I can get that girl's number. It's like, okay, how's he gonna play this? And then he like sticks her up and it's like, give me the number. And yeah, that that threw me off. I got a good laugh out of that. Um, the a lot of the a lot of the lines from the grandmother got me. <laughs> yeah, the, a, a very simple contrast of like, oh, sweet old lady and. She's talking like she's one of the youngest characters, things like that. A couple of gags with our main character's father, where there's just the absurdity of, like, his father is younger looking than him, and in one scene actually is younger than him. (laughs) He treats him like a child. He tucks him into (laughs) bed, bed, reads him a porn mag, Mm. and reads it like he's reading it to a child. He wants to go to the party, and the son's like, oh, only over 18's dad, sorry. I love that. That was great. The dad character was a great recurring <laughs> bit. I got a good chuckle out of the... When we've seen this in movies we've done on the show, done with no sense of irony, and it's supposed to be genuine, like, say, um, Big Mama's House, for instance, where he is the sexy lady, and the camera's like, hey, it's a sexy lady. We see our main character be like, ooh, it's a sexy lady, ooh. And then immediately everyone's like, oh, no, you don't want to be with her because she's, as soon as you fuck her, she gets pregnant. She has a million kids, and it's like, oh, okay. Like, they just, they just 
completely go left with that gag in a way that was nice because in these movies, say for instance, Friday After Next, there was the girl in that movie too, and she's played like with no sense of irony about it as well. Like, oh yeah, look, she's pretty, ooh, but her thing is she's in a relationship with the the crazy pimp character, and it's like okay, but there was nothing funny about her as a character, and I like that the 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 hot lady in this one is very funny herself Mm. and not just that the actress gets to be funny and that the actress gets to say these wacky lines but the entire existence of this character is inherently amusing yeah a a a satellite joke from that that i really liked was later on the two of the characters are sitting like at the front door talking and this black guy approaches them and i can't remember what the conversation they had with him was but they basically said like Hey, what do you care? Like, you're not this kid's father. And he's like, I'm not. And he knocks on the door. It's like, hey, give me back the child support. <laughs> that was a really good one for me. I, I enjoyed, uh, congratulations, you've kissed all of us when he just finished kissing her. <laughs> and that's what uh, Marlon Wayne says to him. It's like, congratulations, you've just kissed all of us. Because mm. everyone's been with her. And that her name was, was it Swahili? For doggy style? Something like that. Yeah. Something like that. And it was... <laughs> It's very yeah. fucked. And, and there was there was also another one where it was um when uh Loke was getting with that one like innocent girl and she was like, oh, I get a little crazy when I drink. You're like, okay, it's it's gonna be some sort of, you know uh, over the top over the top thing, but I, I wasn't expecting how over the top they went with like, mm-hmm. you know, the camera jutting and the makeup and, and the, the tongue the, and the all voice that. filter. I was like, okay, that was that exceeded my, you know, preemptive expectations i also got a real kick out of um ashtray having a really strong relationship with one of the kids <laughs> with, with durag i do believe the kid's name was i think so and they just had a really great rapport and he played really well off of that kid it was just one of those things where say what you will about the the wayne the, br- the brain is like a gun yeah the the wayne brothers they they've all proven during their careers that they can act opposite children really well uh and that's been interesting because a movie like this and many others of theirs are raunchy adult comedies and mm. uh, gross and you know just goes over a line but each one of them at some point or another has had to have their like kids entertainment project like with Damon Wayne's obviously he had my wife and kids and he had major pain but he still gets to be as you know adult with those children as he is with fellow adults and I actually kind of miss Damon Wayne's in this movie he's my favorite of of the brothers and so I, I was like where is he I, I want him. everyone else was here the one that's I'm... usually behind the camera was the fucking mailman in this and I'm like okay yeah I'm I'm aware of the Wayne's family but I, I'm not too familiar with who individually is who so mm, well I've kind of already given myself away with that I think <laughs> wow I can't believe it uh uh, another moment that got a laugh out of me was when Ash Trey was taking his uh, driver's test, mm. and you had that very bizarre performance from the guy who was pretending to be his driving instructor, but he was actually leading him to so that he could go rob a place, and then mm. he, and then he turned to like a you know thug, he's like get that fucking drive. But the way he was performing 
the I'm a driving instructor. Like this guy was perf- like the thug characters performing a dork, mm. a dork. And uh, when you think about it in retrospect, there's a, even more to enjoy about that scene than what you initially get when you go through it. Yeah, I, I so when was... he sits down and he's just like, "Hello there, I am Mr. Walker. Now we do this and left and right." <laughs> and and I'm like, is he? Is a part of this gag is he's playing it like a white guy because that's a, a large part of the joke too. Is every time we meet a white person in this movie, they are they are presented like this, you know. And mm. I'm the man. That was a great guy. The man was great. The man did it again, and he <laughs> dropped the glove. <laughs> yeah, with the, with the driving instructor thing, it reminded me there was like a stand up or something that I saw that had a similar gag. But then I just now remembered it was a friendly Geordie's video where he was oh. talking about like country town stories or something where it's like mm. the driving instructor had the guy pull over so we can have sex with someone <laughs> uh um i'm just trying to think because this is really a movie where you talk about which gags you like yeah, there is no get, get, themes or story it's it's, well, it's a game of high score how many laughs did you get and obviously how well it is doing when it comes to making a point about the genre of films it is spoofing now I'm not as familiar as are you. We're not, we're both yeah. very unfamiliar. You probably would be more so because you do play a lot of like the Grand Theft Auto games and Saints Row games and stuff like that. Yeah, that video obviously games give me an edge, I guess. There gives you an edge of mm. it because that's what those are. You know, San Andreas yeah. is this. You know, taken yeah, the seriously. crime simulators where you're you know grow up as a kid in the hood. Like uh, we even GTA Five. One of the main characters starts off like mm. that. I was. Uh, this is a detour. Now it's my Grand Theft Auto detour for Bartek. He usually does this for me. But I was watching an interview the other day with Ray Liotta mm-hmm. because I miss him. He was a great actor and I'm sorely missed. But he was. it was an interview. It was a video called Every Single Time He Talked About GTA. Yeah, because he was the main and character was of just, Vice City. It was, he was just two times. <laughs> One of them was, I do believe, on Conan O'Brien where he was explaining to Conan that Yes, I can be in a video game, even though I know nothing about video games, because it's still an art form and there's a script and they paid me. And he said, and and, and then in another interview, it was like years later, like I think like a year or two ago now, he was asked about it and he's like, you know, people don't come up to me with that one as often, but when they do, it's really great because I had a wonderful time on that. He, he still admits, I know nothing about video games I don't know how they work, but, uh, you know, I, from reading the script, I could tell I'm telling him to get in the fucking car and stuff. And he's like, my favorite part about that was it was just me getting paid to do hours and hours and hours of swearing. And I just <laughs> love doing that. Just, you know, as an actor, I just really love playing characters who can tell other characters to go fuck themselves. And GTA allowed me to do that all the time. And I'm oh, like, cool. good for him. Yeah, like, Even in the Conan O'Brien interview, he was just like, I like doing it because I got to tell characters to, <laughs> to go screw off. And I'm like, yeah, I guess so. You know? <laughs> but um, back to our actual film of discussion, Ray Liotta would have been a great addition to this, but he yeah. he's always a great addition to everything. Um, even though we're not as uh, well-versed in this genre of movies, how did you feel about how this was going about uh, commenting uh, over the themes and messaging and the ways that these stories are often told? Uh, yeah, I, I like that. I like that uh, a lot of the film, especially like the first half, three quarters, was spent you know, introducing us to the various characters of the hood. 
Like, certainly when we were doing the last two Friday films, uh, we kind of had that as well, where it's like, oh, we met Money Mike, the pimp character. That was his name, right? Yeah. Yep, Cat Williams. Uh, uh, Cat Williams should have been in this movie, Yeah, too. We, <laughs> we were meeting, like, ex-con characters. We were meeting, like, the family of the main character. Um, and it was a lot of fun seeing, like, oh, who are all these kind of, you know, figures that they'll interact with? And we had a lot of that here, where, like, he had his whole crew of friends, like, one of them... It's like an activist. One of them's like a, a cripple who mm-hmm. used to be the best dancer. Um, there's the OG that they look up to mm-hmm. who's like still living at home with a his strict boy. mum. Uh, and yeah, it was it was a lot of fun seeing that and uh, commenting about how a lot of them did have a sort of history to them, like the character who danced a lot, character who's been around a lot, character who's trying to change his ways kind of. Mm. Um, and how, yeah, the, the system that they're in, that the environment that they're in, um, they can't, you know, get away from that or something's keeping them there. Like one of the big plot points with our main character, uh, for, you know, what little story this film kind of is yeah. trying to have seriously, um, is about how, hey, get together with this girl. So you can get out of the Be a hood. man and get out of the hood. Like that's always a big thing. Like I mentioned before the Louis Theroux documentary where, um... I think the person he was interviewing was Master P. So Romeo's dad. We saw Romeo in uh Like Mike. No, no, no Magic no. Mike. No, no, no. The one that we uh the movie with the plot twists. Uh 9-11 happened during it. Uh, <laughs> uh Max Keeble's big move. Max Keeble's Which one am I thinking of that was in Little Bow Wow was Little Bow Wow uh, Like Mike. Like Mike. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, Master P was explaining to him uh, what Keep It Real is, and it's like a mixture of, like, trying to make something of yourself while still remembering, you know, where you came from. Um, And I guess we didn't really see as many people who have made it in this film, but, uh, you know, the fact that everyone was still in this hood environment and commenting on it um, was the aspect of, like, where you came from, where you are. Um, so it definitely felt inspired, and I was even talking to you about this just before we started recording. I was looking at the Wikipedia page for this, mm. and it lists most of the main characters, and there's like a paragraph for all of them, and the last sentence for most of those characters explain like, uh, you know, characters from other growing up in the hood films that these characters are sort of based on. So it, it's very clearly, you know, not just a satire of their pop culture myopia it's that they have mm. seen these films and they are you know parodying directly things from them an interesting thing was i wanted to know what the critical reception of this was because this is not one of the wayne's brothers films that i am like he that i hear much about I don't hear it get talked about as often in their catalogue of work. Even ones that are worse than this get talked about. And Roger Ebert liked this movie, and then he felt guilty at a point because he's saying, when you have Airplane doing a spoof, it's doing it about, about a bad movie. But this is doing spoofs about good movies with good messages, good themes, mm-hmm. good stories. Yep. And then it became this whole fucking thing about why is it bad to fight back against crime and drug use and being disenfranchised? And, and like this film is saying, fuck you to the movies that say that those are bad things. Like, why should we 
have to accept that there's gangland violence. Like, that's what Spike Lee movies talk about. Like, why does black culture have to be that way? And what I really get out of this movie, even before reading that, was it's not even about real life, for fuck's sake. It's more about these movies exist and that when you watch this particular one that's making fun of them, it is about... To me, it's about the Waynes brothers watching them and having a bit of a disdain for how moralizing these real movies are because Mm. they're preachy. They're very preachy. And there's been many comments made over the years about a lot of these movies of how much is it actually playing to African-Americans and how much is it playing to the white people Mm. who also watch these movies. Again, not qualified enough to speak about that, but it is an interesting topic that has been discussed. And I look at this as a response of just annoyance of how these films just have a level of condescension, even if there's good intentions behind it. So it's not even saying, like, we disagree Mm. with what they're saying, but more we're poking fun at how they say them. So that's why you have character types like this in which, you know, just talking about GTA games, for instance, they take themselves seriously. Mm -hmm. They're not comedy games. Saints Row is a comedy series after a while. Like, the Saints Row games are kind of a spoof after a fashion of GTA, GTA after trying to be a GTA series they gave up and just said fuck it we're just gonna have a voodoo gang and just be real silly with it (laughs) yeah well gta although can be funny they they try to be like gritty stories that have a Mm. message yeah they they have gags they're like oh the fat guy's ordering like Mm -hmm. so much from the drive-thru but the the inherent story itself you're following is supposed to be taken like uh, with real messages yeah the the story of san andreas especially like the main Mm. character is you know victimized by the drug police who are forcing him Mm. to do the evil cop yeah the evil cop samuel jackson his two cronies you know doing bad things for them uh, they blackmail him by arresting his brother, who yep. I- who appears in this film, by the way. Yes, the actor. exactly. Is that Phase on Love? Phase on Love, yeah. From Mr. Bones. From Mr. Bones, fats. But the the point being is, those are st- the GTA games. Kind of eye rolling at times yeah. with this stuff. It's like okay, we 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 get it's like it. comedic moments, but it's not comedy. And like with say gangster films. You know, a gangster film is the rise and fall of this uh, person or, like, you know, this empire. And they're really a morality play a lot of the times. Let's just sit down and see a little morality play. And that's what these hood movies are are too, as well, if you you really want to go about that way. It's like these little morality stories. And this is taking it to a great extreme about what happens if you had characters who don't really give a fuck. And a world that doesn't really give a fuck, and no one really succeeds. And the white man keeps us down, literally keeps us down. Yeah, they're going through their list. They're going through their checklist. And and that's what this is. It's, it's, uh, It's going through the checklist that these stories use to manipulate the audience to feel things. And or how there's a checklist to many of these movies of tropes and cliches of how to communicate social commentary. And let's get rid of all of the actual nuance and stick to 
the the things themselves and just make a point of how silly and over the top it is. There's um did you ever watch um Pee-wee's Big Adventure? I've never seen any Pee-wee. Okay, so so Pee-wee's Big Adventure is uh the first Pee-wee film, directed by Tim Burton. And Paul Rubens wrote that along with Phil Hartman and a few others. The thing is none of them knew how to write a script. <laughs> so they got the uh, the script book. Um, I can't remember the name of the author of it. It was like a famous script book, and they just followed it verbatim. Like the script, they, like at page this you do this, and at page that you do that, and and they they, they just wrote so literally by the book, by script the book making. script making. <laughs> okay, but the humor comes in the fact that it's so obviously by the book that when it goes off into absurdity. There's even greater humor there because you, the viewer, have a point of reference Mm -hmm. for what the journey that they're taking is. And that's the same here where you and I, we haven't seen a lot of these movies. We haven't seen Boys in the Hood. This is not interested in telling a cohesive story. We still have at the very base level the clear, understandable foundation of what this is riffing on because... It is a clear and easy to understand foundation. Just a lot of these films think they're very, 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 very smart and clever and more innovative than than just being morality plays. Mm-hmm. And I, I like that about it. Like I respect it more than I actually like this movie. Like I didn't laugh all that much. The characters were fine, but there was no, there was not a standout funny character to me. There was no. Uh, you know, there was there was no um, well, Bernie Max in this movie, for instance. That was pleasant, and yeah. I was so happy to see him. But you know, when we think of like we've done Bernie Mac movies on this podcast before, and he always was a standout in everything he was in. We haven't seen him since like Soul Man, I think. Uh, yeah, which was his last movie too. Oh, that right? Yeah, it was. And, uh, you did an episode, I wasn't here for it, the John Travolta, Robin Williams uh, comedy, Older Dogs, where yeah. he appears in that as well. Did he? Yeah, he's in that movie. It wasn't okay. one of his last ones as well. Mm. And he was like one of the highlights of, of that movie too, but he's not a main player. Um, but he, this just didn't have like that type of character or characters where – when we watched Bubble Boy, which just also made me think of a lot, mm. there was no Danny Trejo equivalent. But it's like, oh, I love him, or um, Vern Troyer, or anything like that. Mm. There was, there was just, they were all just there. Like, oh, you know, that's a, well, you know, the guy with his little legs in the yeah. wheelchair. That's a fun. I, I guess thing. we've uh, with movies like Bubble Boy and uh, you know Thunderpants, where it's about like a long journey over a long, you know. A big environment, and you meet different characters, or also traveling along it. This one is, you know, a hood film. It is about the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. When you meet someone, you know, they're always going to be within, you know, let's say three hundred meters of you because their house is right there. They're going, they're going over there. So that's kind of the environment that they're going for, which you know makes it for a good comparison with the Friday films. Where I remember when we did Next Friday, which neither of us really liked it, but you talked about how you grew up with the third film, Friday After Next, mm-hmm. and uh, you got a interesting experience of seeing the origins of these characters it's like oh yeah th- this is the hood this is these are the characters there that i know from the sequel and now i'm seeing them still living here it's like you know mm. very much the hood the neighborhood mm-hmm. type of film where yeah there are characters all and they could pop up at any time basically yeah and it, it did a good job of establishing the hood in that way 
uh, like when they went to what was it, Forty Nines or whatever, like the, the their version of Seven Eleven. That mm. was a that was a cute little sequence. But uh, yeah, I I um I like this overall. It I just there's something about it that's lacking for me. Just it wasn't. It's always rough to say this with a comedy, but comedy is a thing where it lives and dies on how much it makes you laugh. So. Mm. It always feels very damning to say it just wasn't funny enough. Mm. <laughs> like I, I understand why it would be for others. I'm not discrediting the person who recommend this or anyone who likes this movie. Just for my taste, it did make me laugh, but not as much as I would have liked. There's yeah. a, the, the framework or the skeleton of this. I I appreciate it more than I actually find it uh, genuinely humorous and. Even when I was talking before that, I, I lost patience with it. I it never crossed that line where I got angry with it or, or annoyed or felt that it was lazy because the the the, the Adam Sandler crew or, or the, the Wayne's Brothers crew later on in time, that's what you would slap them with. Lazy. Lazy, lazy, lazy. But I didn't feel like they were being lazy here. I just, I, I think they overextended what this should have been. This would have been a great 45-minute long episode of a thing mm. rather than a feature-length movie. It just it overstayed its welcome. It didn't have that anarchic quality to say, like, Black Dynamite is a movie that's great for, like, it is just nonstop, moment after moment of brilliant humor and just mm. memorable characters and just it's it's totally nailing the thing that it is yeah, when homaging. I, when I went onto IMDB, because you know, we like to look at the trivia section, I scrolled down to the bottom of the main page and you know, you get like one preview review. Mm. The preview review that I saw when I was on the page was titled something like More Hits Than Misses. And while I don't necessarily agree with, you know, that phrase there, the idea of hits and misses, it's this kind of film where uh, the film has a lot of gags that are being mm. thrown at you, a lot of jokes, like I even said earlier, multiple jokes a minute kind of thing. Some of them will make you laugh, some of them won't. Uh, let's just hope that you get a satisfying number of hits. And, like, you'll watch it with someone and maybe you'll both laugh at different things because, you know, your sense of humor is different. Um, you're, you might not laugh at a joke one time, watch the film again, then it'll make you laugh. Just, yeah, in terms of recommending the film, I would recommend it with the, uh, you know, walk in with the hope of like, yeah, I hope I laugh a good amount of times to be satisfied with it. Cause yeah, I never got fed up with it. I don't necessarily think it's amazing, but you know, decent enough experience. I would also recommend this to people. It's going to be one of personal preference mm. uh but although this didn't meet up to my preferences and tastes in comedy i i understood what it was doing and i had moments of joy with it and if you are someone who isn't too cynical about where this came from because in all fairness these guys have a reputation nowadays. Mm. And so the idea of doing a comedy from them could be repellent to people. But if you are open-minded, it definitely is worth checking out. But it is it is just mild entertainment to me. That's and that's perfectly fine. And yeah. we've we've really discussed this many times over the years. It was one of the main reasons we did unappreciated masterpieces as well, which is this this level 
of of entertainment. This this is a great for a Saturday afternoon after you've had lunch and you're just sitting with the family and you're just mm. having a breezy time on a summer afternoon or something. This comes on TV and you say, "Yeah, let's watch this." This this this, this is such a pivotal style of movie that I feel it has been almost ingrained to not exist anymore that not only in the hollywood system i feel like we don't get a lot of these movies or this this feeling behind the movie that i'm describing but i also think that people who talk about movies nowadays too much are on the emphasis of it needs to matter for me to watch it yeah or else it's unimportant i know some of our friends are very much like that. Like, if you're going to make me watch a thing, or if I'm going to watch a thing, it better mean a lot. And when you know, the reality is, when I grew up, we would just watch what was on. Yeah, I would there's just, a lot of just mid-tier films that are good enough. Or, or TV shows. Like I mentioned it before, but my my wife and kids, starring Damon Wayans. It's probably mm. something I would never watch today. Now that I'm an adult, and we live in an age where. Everything you choose to watch is you choose to watch it rather mm. than it is of a f- f- like a, a varying range of things and you just go with that because it's on. Yeah, I remember when we got that, you know, all those innovations, big freedom, oh, you can watch anything online. It's like, oh, well, now I'm kind of spoiled for choice and don't mm. really know what to do. <laughs> the band Devo had a song called Freedom of Choice and it describes this very mm. condition. Yeah. Great song, great band, but uh, I, was- I do recommend this yeah. to people this is more of what i was hoping next friday would have been yes i think this is better than next friday i do too yeah we were both kind of really let down by that film. although i do it's a weird weird statement to say but i do find ice cube and chris tucker to be more alluring screen presence than the the wayne brothers in this like if this movie had them two in the leads mm. i actually think i would like it more <laughs> maybe well we haven't seen chris tucker in friday yet have we Oh, that's right. He wasn't in the second one. Was Mike Epps was oh, in Mike the Epps, second sorry. and third. Epps, Epps and Cuba, a great screen presence. We've had Chris Tucker in The Fifth Element. That's the yeah, movie we've had. Yeah. Uh, but that is uh, Don't Be a Menace to South Central While Drinking Your Juice in the Hood. Why were you looking at your phone uh, when you said film, that? A <laughs> film. I wasn't looking. I was just glancing. <laughs> uh, a film that... Its tagline at the time joked about how it was the only movie that year that year was fourteen words in the title, so that's <laughs> that's a great joke in itself. Like even the title is even the title is saying we're not taking it that seriously. Because even with spoofs and satires, there was, there are ones that take it very seriously. Mm. There's Steve Coogan, for instance. Uh, he's very mannered and precise in how everything in his comedy works. Where even a character. Making a like a, a an uh noise is is written in the script and it's it's timed out. This is clearly not not that <laughs> level of precise, but uh, it has a playfulness. Well, the trivia did say it had twenty seven drafts. Uh, so what is the recommendation you're giving us for the film we'll be going over next time on the pod? Yep. Bartek, it's you. So Ryan, you and I have both recently recommended Japanese films, and yeah. I'm sorry to say that I've also got another one. Because it's your foreign film pick this time? It is, yes. Uh, He's so sorry, by the way. <laughs> no, I'm not sorry. I'll watch it with the dub just to make it feel more <laughs> more natural. 
Uh, this is a film I haven't seen before. Okay. Um, I had it down on a list that I made forever ago, and when I saw it there, I'm like, oh, I don't remember this one. Looked it up mm. and thought, oh, that actually sounds kind of interesting. I think Ryan might enjoy this. Oh, yeah. Um, the film is from 2013. Oh, okay. Um, a decade ago. Yeah, 10 How years. How does that feel? Yeah. <laughs> How does that feel? That's when we started uni. That's where we would have seen each other the first time. No, that was, 20, that was 2012. Never mind. Ryan editing, delete that. Nope. Echo it then. No. Do something to it. Don't just leave it in. <laughs> no, I'm leaving it in, baby. This is raw natural. Uh, so what is it? What's the film? Uh, English title is Patema Inverted. Okay. Japanese title, Sakasama no Patema. Is this a live action or an animated? This is an anime film. Okay. Yep. I've never heard of this. Yeah, I haven't. Oh, I saw it on like my list. I'm like, oh, so I don't remember this one. Repeat the title again, just for people at home. Patema inverted. Patema, P-A-T-E-M-A inverted. Okay. Well. Yes. Fantasy, science fiction. Or something. We will be yeah. back with that next time. We're going to have a week off, and then we'll be back. Got mm. some stuff happening in life, mm. but we will be back, and then We're taking just one week quickly, off. Quickly, right? yeah, I do believe, yeah. uh, and then before you know it. Spooky month will be upon us all. Thank you all so much for tuning in and listening to us. I hope our doctor friend has enjoyed our thesis on the film recommended. Their choice is always really interesting where we don't Mm. necessarily love them, but there's always something about them. Like I always think of Michael. I was going to say, I think Michael's been the best one recommended because uh, like, although I wasn't in love with that movie as Mm. much, I think about it a lot. It had a lot of heart. while um, Harley Davidson and Marlboro Man, I do believe they're. Oh, was that, that one? Too. Was that one of theirs? I think so. If oh. I'm mistaking you, Doctor Rochesh, I'm so sorry. If but... that was you, Doctor Rochesh, I might have to take back my words. <laughs> well, like the... wasn't that one of your? No, that was them. Yes, I know one of your friends. The guy that I worked with, it, like, had knew, heard of it, of it, and that surprised me. Okay, so uh, you can find us on social media under Spit and Polish Presents. We like to post things on there fairly regularly. You can email us if you want to hit us up directly or let us know movies that you want us to cover over at spitandpolished at gmail.com. All of this is in the description of the episode. Feel free to rate and review us on whatever podcasting site you use. And until next time, remember to be kind to each other in the hood. Yeah. <laughs>